0: and how well he did that again
1: welcome to this week's attacking scrum podcast uh brought to you by two very weary rugby fans weary from uh, weary from respective nights out I would say so Bear with us. We've got absolutely no idea what direction this is, this is going to go in. Could be genius. Could be absolute uh, absolute madness. Um, but fortunately, it's the mighty Murph at the other end of the microphone as well. So uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to help us through this one, Murph, aren't you?
0: Yes, I, I, I was feeling sorry for myself until I saw you, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, um, I had a very, very like, mini granddad nap and a, and a shot of espresso. Uh, my only, <laughs> the only thing against me today is I haven't seen enough rugby really to compare to what I normally would do on a, on a regular. Well, that weekend, is so. that is one of
1: the advantages of uh, I was on a stag do in Edinburgh and I saw I went we went to watch Edinburgh on Friday night, which we may talk about briefly, but it also enabled me to watch two games of rugby on my phone on the way back. So uh, I'm I'm bang up to speed when it comes to uh, to the on pitch matters, and I even thought for one moment we were going to have a collector's edition Dragons win uh episode to bring you but uh, alas it was not it was not to be um but yeah Yeah. certainly if 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 a more a more competitive game from them and uh yeah scarlet's cardiff which we will we'll definitely get on to in a minute but that's that's the one you haven't seen
0: yeah uh, i um i mean there's more than one i haven't (laughs) seen but that's the biggest (laughs) that's the biggest one i haven't seen there's quite a few uh, uh as you know um uh quarter-final first leg yeah. of the European, whatever it is called. Um, all those are recorded on my TiVo, and I've only seen today's, which is Harlequins and uh, Montpellier, and whatever one was on on Friday night, I saw that as well. I, I missed all of yesterday's because it was a big day yesterday with rugby. And uh, what, do you, what do you
1: make of this? What do you make
0: to? of this uh two legged affair? I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I, 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 it makes sense, like a. Uh, it's definitely an extra level of interest in the round, yeah. and it also makes sense for the clubs involved because they both get to stage a home fixture. That, that is <laughs> Where, true. You know whether they whether they're twenty points behind at the start of that game or not. Um, uh, financially, you know, is uh, there's a lot to be said for it. But I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 two-legged affairs not are not the same in Union as they are in uh, Wendy Ball. No, they're not, are they? So. You can't have, you know, away tries counting twice or whatever it can't does you? in
1: football. <laughs> they well, just, yeah, they've just uh, pinned uh, it off in uh, football yeah. as well, actually in, in Europe, haven't they? Which uh, I don't know. Yeah, have actually, they fair. Yeah. The champion.
0: Well, so if you were drawing at the end of a
1: two-legged game, the away goals. would no, so you through. Not a, not, a, not a thing anymore. Wow. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. Two-legged yeah. fairs, just to me, it's just always felt like a football thing, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You're right. Financially, it might make a bit of sense, but uh, this this whole kind of tournament is a little bit um, just feels a little bit confused. But uh, but yeah, yeah. There we go. It, it, it,
0: they work if you know if the first game was completely one sided, yeah. then it can get it can get pointless in the second leg. But um, most of them were fairly close. Uh, this weekend, so it should lead. I mean, you would get everyone um, <laughs> brushed, on their me- brushed up on their mental arithmetic <laughs> at the very least next week because you constantly, it'd be like me when I'm of my handicap, yes, pets, and I'm trying to work out how far my side are actually in front or behind or wherever. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out next week, I suppose. But I, I don't know, I don't know how, many, how much legs it's got in terms of. Well, the, two, you know, we've established that,
1: haven't we? Two legs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, it's got two, but oh. how long? How much used to they
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll await we'll to see with that one. Um where do you where do you want it let's let's start with uh with Cardiff Scarlets because there was so much talk in the week from Di Young about players um, playing for their future and this mm. has got to be a, a line in the sand moment. And they came out and they were magic for twenty minutes and after All that right. they were just blown apart. Forty nine unanswered points. Um I mean, bitterly, the kind of the wheels came off right towards the end. But second half, they just they just weren't in it, have it. You know, it was probably more than twenty minutes they were dominant for, actually. And it's just hard to know what is what's going on there because even if they lose that game, you shouldn't be losing by that level of margin and with that set of players that they've that they've got out on the pitch. I I am just scratching my head as to as to what it is. Is there a is there a dressing room problem? Is there a fitness problem? What have you What have you made generally of of Cardiff this season, Math?
0: Well, usually when a coach makes public statements like that about people playing for their futures, and uh, he's he's doing it to get a reaction mm. that come Saturday, and he's had the complete opposite, um, or the complete opposite effect. Um, it's been said, you know, around the way around this area in rugby circles that um, there are a lot of uh, a lot of dead wood in the, in that mm. squad. I've always wanted people to name <laughs> name names because quite often when people start naming names, I I, I think it's I think it's someone yeah. else, um, but they're on, they're on you know uh, regarded as deadwood but still got some time to run on their contracts, so it's holding the club back into well Dar young back in terms
1: of what he really wants to do with the side. Um, and we had a, we had an interesting example of that this week with um, Yestin Harris, the the hooker. Um, agreeing a, a deal with Exeter, I think it is, and again, I think that's mm. come about because of these renegotiated COVID contracts. So you've, they've ended up with four mm. hookers, mm. I think, on the on the books. Um, you know, realistically, you know, has, has, D- has Dacey got another year in him? Uh, you know, and we said it's a position yeah. they've not been particularly strong on. And I thought Harris is a pretty decent prospect, actually. Um, I know my hill's kind of stepped up quite a lot this this year but it just, it just feels like that's, that's kind of indicative of, of where they're at off the pitch at the moment
0: Yeah Ethan Lewis yeah. as well had gone to Saracens uh, and has actually looked good whenever I've seen him you know on the pitch he's, he's not first choice there obviously but whenever I've seen him playing he looks okay um, it's a problem position at um, mm. Cardiff because if if you think back when's the last truly great
1: hooker they've had Smiler probably Matthew Rice. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: and he's been retired a oh, good, good while Yeah, three or four you seasons. Know? Um and they've been muddling through in quite a few positions, yeah. let's be honest. But Hooker in particular, they, you know, um they don't seem to get um many well, also, uh what's the word uh Good games out of their yeah. youngsters, and yet those youngsters go to other clubs and, and, and they're not certain the world alike, but they're doing okay. That you know, like I just mentioned, Ethan Lewis and the decent clubs are coming in for their rejects. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? So, yeah, it is strange. And um, you're right, uh, Matthew Reese is the last great, great hooker they had there, but there's been, you know, uh, it's a problem position, I think, in, in
1: the country generally.
0: Um, I was thinking about this on the on the
1: train on the way back from Edinburgh, and just thinking because we've spoken so many times about centre and hooker being kind of the real problem positions in Wales, and it's so mm. fashionable now, isn't it, to try and convert back row forwards into uh, into hookers? That I'm thinking, mm. <laughs> is, is there anyone? Because we've got so many back row forwards. Is there anyone you could convert into being into being a two? Because because uh, yeah, it just doesn't show any. You know, I I, th- I do think Derry Lake is a you know is a real a real prospect. But, um, but yeah, it's, mm. it's definitely, um, a position that uh, has caused a lot of uncertainty in recent times. You know, if Ken's, if Ken's injured, yeah. it, it has been a problem.
0: Yeah. And, you know, around the regions, some of the regions have got lots of mm. hookers on their books, but none of them can nail down the first two yeah. spot. I'm thinking of like the Ospreys or, or, uh, or um scarless is much more clear-cut but uh they, they just uh, at, at any one given time they'd have five or six decent hookers on the books but none of them could you could say, well this is this guy yeah. is the first choice and best one so um yeah strange it's, it's a position that's i i don't know it's gone through a bit of um it's evolving the, the, the way the position is yeah uh, played in, in recent decades and um they I don't think sides are fluctuating between it being the hooker the hooker being an extra back or yeah. forward very slightly built and quick and uh, kind of the more old fashion kind of a um
1: yeah scrummager scrummager not uh, nuts and an, a, an extra yeah, prop
0: exactly. yeah an extra prop on the pitch um and so you get in a mixture of um, really you know mobile hookers and uh, uh heavy set ones as well and there's no 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 style of hooker is sort of dominant yeah. in, in the sport if you know what I mean so
1: yeah it's in flux a little bit that position Yeah I think. and I think it comes down to how you want to play doesn't it which again I think is part of the part of the Welsh problem is that we still don't know as we've said on previous episodes we still don't know how Pivac is trying to get this side to play so you know one minute yeah. you've got it's, it's hard enough with the back row trying to figure out what the you know what the combination with that first those starting back row forwards is and, and what balance you're trying to get there um before you even get into hooker and, and figure out what they're trying to do there. To be fair, I think he, you know, he pivac. that's one of the positions that Pivak knows his you know his choice, isn't it? You know, it, it will be mm. Ken Owens if he's fit. And if it's not, it'll be Ryan Elias. Mm. Um whereas in lots of other positions he mm. do, he doesn't know that. But yeah, mm. I agree. I don't think I don't think it it necessarily helps the fact that we haven't got a style of play sorted yet. Um
0: no, but it's not just us, that's all I'm trying to get at. Mm. The, the sport yeah. generally is a position that's kind of um, um, changed a lot uh, 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 from where it was, you know, um, a couple of decades ago. I think there, there used to be a, a glut of massive yeah. hookers around and they seem to be in, dwindling in number now. Um, they m- seem to be uh, like the modern one at the moment is like uh, Marchand mm. in France, uh, Camille Char, Um and there's some bigger ones coming. You know, obviously, the South Africans have yeah. always had massive ones. But there's um, some bigger guys coming through in the island setup. But uh, then you've got you know, the, the Turners of this world and the Harry Thackers of this world. And um, they all got their place, obviously. But there doesn't seem to be a, a consensus on which the position... Is generally going where, it, where, as it will do, like uh, with num- the position, say number eight, for example. They're just getting bigger and bigger and faster and faster, and that's the way that the trend is going. But there's no, um, there's no clear, clearly defined like uh, prototype of the best hooker to 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 use yeah. at the at, at the current time. So it's a strange, it's a, like, it's a strange um, period for, for for the sport in that regard, that regard. especially in this country because it, it doesn't seem to I, I don't know I don't know if they should like get some of the quicker props and just move yeah. <laughs> move them into the two yeah which shoes, actually was, know, the, it?
1: was a very um, 1990s way of it wasn't it who, who, who were yeah. we talking about if, a couple of months ago Andy Lewis wasn't it Andy Lewis Sean, what did yeah, he do I, yeah. I can't remember which way around that was was he a hooker they tried to get to play prop or the other way around I can't remember uh,
0: no prop, prop was a to hooker and of course there was Peter Rogers who grew up as yeah. a hooker moved to prop was successful. And then at the end of his days, moved That's back right, to hooker yeah. again, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Strange. <laughs> um, to bring it back to Cardiff though, like you said, uh, at the top of the show, when you, when you come out with a statement like that, you expect a reaction and they, and they got it for half, for mm. half an hour of that game. Um, which I think is the really puzzling thing. They came out and played, you know, throwing the ball around. It was a beautiful afternoon, uh, Um, Cardiff Arms Park perfect conditions to be playing running rugby and I thought at that point I was like right okay it's going to be it's going to be hard for Scarlets to get back into this game you know at certain points they looked Cardiff had all of the all of the good ball Um, I don't know if there's something they they mentioned briefly on the on the commentary was you know was kind of the wind and maybe that was a, a, a big factor like in those you know the the games you play as a kid when wind makes all mm. the difference and you've and you've really got to kind of make it count maybe there's a, a touch oh. of that, but it 's hard to know where you know where Diane goes from here because like you say you you need that reaction, and there 's only so many times you can do it and come out and publicly criticize your players and say you've you've got you 've got to put things mm. right so um yeah i don 't know um i don 't know quite what what the fix is obviously we know recruitment wise there's some big names coming in. Liam williams who was on the score sheet for the scarlets um and of course toby fallata coming in um and i think one or two one or two other players um into the mix as well but yeah, yeah if you know he he's been he's been there well over a year now and and you just think that th- this season is he's, he's going unless unless they can get a result against Saracens in the in the challenge cup mm-hmm. uh away at one p m on easter sunday <laughs> thank thank you very <laughs> thank you very much uh to uh, the ECPR mm. or whatever they're called um, yeah. but you know unless they can kind of get a result there it, it very much feels like that season's petering out into nothing and puts a bit of pressure to, to get results in the derby games just to save face really
0: well there's going to be some you know disgruntled fans in there because um, although there's been some good results at home beat Leinster beat Glasgow beat someone else tidy at home the 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 failures have come at disjointed parts of the season, you know, where they've had breaks of several Mm -hmm. weeks and then come back and stuttered. There's no, that excuse wasn't there this time. In fact, they're on a run of decent games. And they They played the very very
1: same team last week. So it's, you know, exactly the opportunity to right the wrongs. And they've,
0: yeah. And and now they've got a run of games. They're actually going backwards. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of noise on Twitter and social media. The fans are, not chuffed that they actually. Um, I th- understand they had a fancy dress party after the game as well, the Cardiff no, players, really. which they should have cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> if you get stuffed by your local rivals at home on a on a on a beautiful yeah. sunny pitch in front of all your fans, you should probably um, yeah turn, turn it down. I mean, sometimes sometimes look when things are going. I I, I imagine anyone who's played rugby has been there. We, we, things are going pear-shaped and you have a shocker of a day sometimes the best mm. thing you do is have a, a ease up and put it behind you but i just think the, uh, it, when you're in a professional team optic optics are a really big deal um so yeah maybe
1: maybe put the maybe put yeah. the pirate outfit away for uh, for <laughs> for a couple of weeks yeah. And just yeah yeah, don't
0: don't come in as one no. Woman uh, <laughs> if you're a front front five yeah. forward. After you've just had 40 odd points put on you by your nearest one of your biggest yeah, rivals. That's it. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe lock the doors at the clubhouse and and keep it low key. But yeah, um, and <laughs> but talking talking of away wins, um, you know, as, as you've said, the you know kind of the good Cardiff results have tended to come at home. Scarlets are a side who have really struggled on the road until recently. I think their only other win was against Zebra away a few weeks back, and. Um, and this will be a you know this will be a big confidence boost for their, boost for them to do back to back weeks against Cardiff and proper hammerings, mm-hmm. you know still with a lot of a lot of players out, and you know looks as though they're they're going to be the uh, uh, the the top placed Welsh side, you know with an outside chance still of, of making the playoffs. So, um, you know things looking a bit a bit rosier for Dwayne Peel.
0: Well, more importantly, I would say than the playoffs is uh, Europe. As out yesterday was a little bit last chance saloon for the uh, yeah. Cardiff getting into you top eight for Europe. Uh, they, they've, they've benefited from, um, the South African trip. Their, their backs have sparked into life since the South African trip. It looked like Cardiff's backs had sparked into life post the going to South Africa as well, but they haven't sustained it. And, um, yeah, they, they, they've come together really well down, um, down the park of Scarlet's and, uh, I'm pleased for Dwayne Peel in a way because it didn't look like it was going very well for him, especially the first half of the season. And um, I'm glad that he's been able to pull it together because, you know, they've had they got some injuries knocking around now, not they, with people like um, Scott Williams out for the rest Williams of the season? Williams is out for the right? rest of the
1: season. Um, there's a couple more as well, isn't there? Um, a couple more long term absentees. Half Penny won't, be, won't play yeah. this season. Obviously, James Davis no. has had to retire as well. Oh, Ken Owens, Ken Owens obviously, but
0: he's been missing all yeah. year, so. But, uh, um, you know, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Reece Patchell wasn't there he either, was, not,
1: was he? No, uh, Costello. Yeah, so, you Costello. Know. How do we say this? Costello, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Costello started, and, yeah. and Angus O'Brien came off the bench. So uh, yeah, the Pat- Patchell right. wasn't there again. Um, which you know we're always keeping. But, you know that's across. good form.
0: With, with, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to uh, Reece Patchell again. He looked good, and now he's disappeared. I even heard that he's injured. But um, the fact that they're playing well without. Uh, Reese Patchell in the lineup is uh, encouraging I suppose and they you know they, they are the best cut on but based on this month's rugby they're the best uh, side we've got at the moment. Yeah so. we
1: often talk as well don't we about sides having a strong you know a strong spine to them and I think that with, uh, I, I think Laosie's been really good this season and you know when he has mm. a good game I think that makes a big difference and then obviously you've got Callum who's been just so solid and dependable for uh you know, ever since he signed, I think that that helps a lot. And then, like you said, whether you know Owens has been injured all season, but you've got you know you've got Elias there to um, to give you that. We know that they're strong in the half-backs. so I think it's you know it, it is starting to come together there.
0: Do you think it's mm. sorry to interrupt? Do you think it's controversial that Calum was playing yesterday after being red carded for taking someone's head off? last Yeah, week? I
1: do. I think he was very fortunate to get away with that. Again, I, I don't think there was any malice in it, mm. but like we've said, I just think that if you're going to go if you're going to go hard on head injuries, you can't then back away from that 18 months later, which is what they've done. I, I yeah. think it sends out the wrong message.
0: Yeah, it, it was one of those where you sort of felt a, a element of sympathy yeah, I yeah, for yeah, yeah, Calabaphoni in that situation. But at the same time, it was a cast iron yeah. red. There's nothing the ref, the rule book, or the people who run the sport could do about mm. it. And again... uh, much like the red card at Twickenham. Mm. Is that against Ireland, I think? Uh, Even though, you know, in in everything we've seen, uh, you know, I I know quite often at international games there's people at the game who don't normally watch Mm. rugby, so it's it's deceiving. But there's, I'd imagine everyone who goes down to uh, watch uh, the Scarlets is a regular Mm. rugby watcher. Uh, People booing a cast iron red. Like, I, I, again, I know it's a bit of pantomime where they're just booing the sport mm. or, or or they're just booing because they don't like it, but it, it, the referee had absolutely no option uh, but to send Calamaphoni yeah. off. It's just it's just nothing you could do about it. You know, it, uh, it could have been a lot worse, the um, the effects on the the uh, guy with those tackles. Is, yeah. He was lucky to get away with, you know, with what, what, what minimal amount of uh, injury that was involved. And... Um, and to to then i don't know to to then not even like a fortnight or a week for for ramming your shoulder into someone at full someone's head at full speed. I know they were they were both low Californiaphony wasn't high, but the guy he was tackling was low as well so i i don't, I don't know it's just I just bit, think it sends um... the
1: wrong message that you know the, the one area yeah. they really should be going zero tolerance with is this because otherwise if you if you continue down that line of being very, very strict when it comes to head injuries and there's the odd occasion where there's one with no malice that you end up getting a red card for and you and you serve a suspension, that is going to be a much bigger deterrent and cause players to go low and change their tackle technique. Um and the more you, you back away from that, the more percentage chance there is that they'll they'll take a bit of a gamble and and you know will continue to continue to stay high. So yeah, I, I just yeah. Think, yeah, I think I think he was fortunate. Like I say I, I you know he's, he's not a, he's not a dirty player actually. Um, you know, no, and no, no, no. um and, and there was definitely no malice in it, but yeah, I I think he was lucky to, to duck a suspension really.
0: Mm. I mean, it's just not it's a bit of an anomaly, anomaly. It's not generally speaking anyone else is uh just getting three yeah. weeks, standard three weeks whatever happens, you know, um so yeah, I, like, you know, it's not as if you can clearly see where the litigation was no. in that incident, other than you know he wasn't especially high. But you've got to avoid you've got to avoid, you've got to avoid the ball carrier's yeah, head. The, the
1: only mitigation. And that's the end of it. The only mitigation is I can't remember who the other player was. Possibly Jack Price. Was you kind of had two players and did it slightly sort deflected it, you know? And but again, yeah, I just yeah, think that yeah. you know that then sends a message out that you both got to go bloody low. You know, it's um, I don't know. To, to me, it's a, yeah. it, it, it was something that actually was moving in the right direction, and the way the laws have been interpreted in in the past three five months have have gone backwards on that. And yeah. I, I don't well, think that's a great look.
0: There was one. There was one this weekend, wasn't it, or was it? Might have been last. Uh, this weekend, leinster uh Jameson Gibson Park, was stood completely upright tackling someone, and um, I think it was. Um, might be Jack Carty or someone he tackled. Anyway, shoulder to someone's face, and, and instead of it was no velocity, should we say he wasn't flying into him in that in that position. But uh, the, for some reason the referee went yellow. Um, but he, he's not. He's not even. He's not he bent his knees, and he's not bent at the hips. So what do you expect is going to happen if you, uh, you know, if he was tackling the second row, he would have only been up to his nipple. Mm-hmm. So it would be very difficult to hit him in the face. But he was tackling someone in his own height stood upright so I, I, it's another one where I'm not sure it, again it would have been harsh but it was just in the rules of what we're doing these days in the sport so it was a strange one to be to be a yellow card
1: well, yeah this is it Well, um, we'll see if uh, if things change you know occasionally you do get those those directives kind of come at the start of a season don't they or the start of a Six Nations and, and it kind of changes the way things are refereed so uh, I don't know for me I think it's an easy tweak to just go back to the way it was being reft last season. I think that yeah. would make a, a big difference. But yeah, we've got more stuff to to get through, Murph, but right now we're gonna take a very quick break. Welcome to the second half of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Only one briefly uh Talk about uh, my my trip to Edinburgh Murph um, for my mate Emlyn Stagdo, which is uh, where I've, I've been this weekend and why the voice is particularly gravelly and my e- energy so levels. It's like late night radio. This is it's just really <laughs> sexy in, in this podcast. Yeah, that, yeah that's keep it. going. Maybe maybe there's a patreon a Patreon special out of that or uh, or, an only, or an OnlyFans. Who knows? Um, but uh, <laughs> but. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, so we watched uh, the Edinburgh Poe game on uh, on Friday night, and I was quite excited because I thought, oh, I'm quite keen to see what that that new Edinburgh stadium's like. Because um, I thought I've thought for ages, you know, it's a much better idea than them rattling around Murrayfield with, you know, eight or ten thousand. Much better idea of that little purpose-built bit off the side. Yeah. It's, it's basically mm. just all temporary standing. There's just nothing. Um, it's kind of nope. Pert- That's
0: like Bath, though, isn't it? Bath's been like right. that for decades. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit like that. But it's,
0: it's in a, it's in a picturesque setting, so it kind of cancels yeah. itself out. If you know it does, I mean.
1: but it, on the telly, it doesn't look it. You know, it doesn't look. Um, it doesn't look mm. particularly like it. But then, yeah, you got there. I was like, oh right. like, there's literally nothing permanent here. It's just a, it's just four stands that All you've right. uh, that you've knocked up. But uh, yeah, they absolutely thumped yeah. what I can only presume was a, a, a second string pose side. Fifty odd, fifty odd points. Um,
0: that was part of your stag do. Yeah. Great stag do. It's good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't like stag
0: do's so where you just in the pub permanently. I mean, I uh, yeah, too yeah old, I used to, I'm Getting yeah. to all the stag do's <laughs> anyway, but uh, <laughs> too much pub is you know you've got to do something. Oh yeah,
1: what I will say, yeah, we actually we had lots of good stuff, uh, good stuff lined up. We did a, uh, we went around the uh, a look around the Edinburgh Vaults. So uh, mind you, being underground with a hangover. At a certain points was uh, was challenging, but fortunately that didn't last too long. Did a bit of whiskey tasting, and then, um, but it's, you know, it's only, you only get a dram. You you spend an hour learning about the distilling process, and then you get a little dram at the end. So it wasn't like you know,
0: and that'll be fifty quid, yeah, exactly.
1: So. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then you'll like this one, Murph. Um, the evening we went to we went to a pub with a, uh, a Bon Jovi tribute band on, which was every every right. bit as horrific as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but also, but also massively yeah. amusing.
0: Um, I bet the guy doing the uh, Bon Jovi bit had shades on.
1: He did have shades on, yes, he did. And yeah. um, I think I might have, have seen it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 there's a place near where I live in Cardiff called yeah. The Globe. And there's a lot, there's a lot of tribute bands come on in there and I'm on the mailing list. Yeah. Like, they, they always, um, <laughs> they always try to, obviously they're a tribute band, but they always try to look like the yeah, person yeah. they pulling off as well. And, you know, how many people look like John Bon Jovi? for know. So. It's just like a middle-aged guy with his hair done really nice and shades on. <laughs> and that's, that's as close as he's ever going to be to uh, looking like John. Bon Jovi. Yeah, Bobby.
1: I mean, weirdly, that's the second Bon Jovi tribute act I've seen in my life. and um, yeah, really? and, oh, and oh, I, wow. And I really dislike Bon Jovi as a band as well. So um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really yeah. I don't want to have to get into this situation again. But there was, a, <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was a great moment where he, uh, you know, he tried to he tried to dedicate a song to the people of Ukraine. And I thought, I thought, <laughs> you know, w- without wishing to sound too flippant about it, I was like, I can't imagine any soldiers in the Donbass region are waiting for. Uh, you know, are going to be humming along to "It's My Life," uh, even you know, even the original version, <laughs> let, let alone a uh, yeah, a fifty-year-old man. You never
0: know. Those, it's, it's, some of those kind of Eastern Bloc. Well, yeah, he's having his uh, yeah, like, having
1: his Hasselhoff moment, maybe.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, you know, like uh, oh, I forget the name, though. So, some of those bands are still massive, like are um, oh, the ones who <laughs> did uh, Gorky Park and all that. They they were from that region, I think. And um, they just got massive shelf life in those countries. you know. They, it's a bit like uh, when I was a kid, um, I spent a lot of time in um, North Pembrokeshire yeah. in my teens. And I swear to God, <laughs> Hotel California by the Eagles was still number one on every jukebox in every pub in West Wales until about 1990. And I think Eastern Europe is very much in the same guise, with, uh, especially with the kind of hair metal stuff. Yeah. Bans from that either. Well. Who knows?
1: Yeah, who knows? But you yeah, know. good, uh, all good value. Um, particularly when I uh, mm. went to put my coat on at the end of the night and found someone had put two pickled eggs in each of my pockets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you wouldn't even understand. I know. I
1: know. Absolute shambles. But yeah, good, uh, good value on Emlyn's Emlyn's stag do. Let's uh, yeah, let's bring it back to the rugby, and um, let's uh, take a look at the Dragons. Um, and I have to say. I was one, you know, off the back of this horrendous run of performances, there was definitely something encouraging in there. Should have won the game, I think. Really, um, unfortunately, Gloucester figured out that we just struggled against their driving line out, and they went, they went, yeah. you know, very route one, and um, and were able to win it. That game It wasn't,
0: it wasn't full strength Gloucester, was it? There was a handful. There was a handful. Of, of handful. Was yeah. So, there, but, uh... so
1: Lewis Rishamet was in there, and um, you know who's the the guy with dreadlocks in the back row. Geordie, Geordie, Geordie Reed. Yeah, Geordie Reid and, Wild uh, trees. and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Billy Atrees was in there and um mm. so yeah, there, there was it so well it was by no means fully loaded. Um yeah. but there was there was lots of there was lots of things to be encouraged by. I thought Harry Keddy went into full mm. kind of Harry Keddy under twenties mode. Where he's like bowling players over and looked really physical yeah. and, and aggressive and they, they were just they were up I, for I it. Think they were you know, they were really up for I, it.
0: How f- I know we're well off for back row forwards, but how far away can he be from making the next Welsh squad? You know, Ross Moriarty's not likely to be fit soon. He's probably the form... I'm trying to think around the regions now. He's probably the form back rower. Maybe time Basham or Side. In in the country at the moment, no one's ripping up trees at the moment like Harry Keddy is.
1: No, and I, I thought that particularly this was like a real step into it, because I think he's, he almost reinvented himself. Ethan, Ethan Roots has
0: been catching, catching my eye, by the way, but Levi. Um, you know, not, not on the same yeah. level.
1: Yeah. And, um, he's not worse qualified, is he, Levi Roots? Or is he? I don't
0: yeah. know. I, I, I didn't know he was. I've I got no idea. Yeah, he's he's coming he was... from New Zealand.
1: Oh and right, so okay. That explains know. a lot. That, um, yeah. But yeah, he's—you're right. He's—he's definitely—he's um, definitely improved. Because I thought he was, mm. his, you know, his first season he was very, very quiet. Roots, but yeah, he's—he's been—been going about yeah. it. I think the thing with Kelly is, I think he reinvented himself because you know we knew him as this barnstorming, great prospect at eight. Um, yeah, heavy set heavy number, set eight, number eight, yeah. eight, and then mm. that transition to senior rugby from under twenties was very, very tough. And I think he spoke about this mm. when we. When we had him on the podcast a few years ago, and and then he yeah kind of reinvented himself as an as an old fashioned six, you know, uh, nuts mm. and bolts, do lots of hard tackling and hit rucks and stuff like that, and um, yeah, yesterday was was a real kind of like he had it, yeah, he had had kind of every, everything in there, grabbed himself a try, looked like you know, um, the player that I think we all thought he, he could be at some point. So yeah, I mm. don't know. As long as it can, I, I can't see him being anywhere near the world squad, if I'm honest, but, um, but, no, but I he, he, he just can't
0: good. be that far down the pecking order. Can he, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's completely changed his body yeah. shape from, from when he came through. And, and, and if you look at his um, interview, his facially, he's very lean, like uh, he's all cheekbones yeah. and he's really, his percentage, like body fat must be way mm. down. And so, you know, he's obviously takes his job very seriously because he's, you know, he's, it would suggest he's uh, Sam Warburton level yeah. of keen on his conditioning. If he's gone from the you know the shape he was as a twenty-year-old to where he is now, he's worked really hard on his conditioning, and um, you know that, that's paying off on the pitch in his case. So I, um, I
1: know he certainly has that Sam level, that Sam level of intensity when it comes to to rugby, and, and that interest. You know, he's a real mm. nerd and a student of the game. You know, whereas. We've, you know, we've said before some players, you know, don't, don't have any interest in watching rugby because it's their job, and you know, they they train hard and they work hard, and then they, um, yeah, play FIFA, yeah, yeah. <laughs> play FIFA or you know, golf yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you know, he, I know that he's very keen on on watching rugby and learning how to get better, and even just enjoys mm. rugby. And you know, he, he said to us if he's you know if, if he hasn't got a game or he's injured or whatever, he'll he'll go and watch Killian play you know he just he just wants to be in and around rugby all the time but uh, is that where he's from yeah he's he's in, yeah, yeah uh-huh. that side of Newport yeah uh-huh. um, and it was good you know the thing that the thing that I liked about it as well was there was, pl- there was plenty of dog in there last night you, they, they just looked like players who were up for up for everything, up for a scrap you I know mean, it was a brilliant point where it was just you know, Jack Dixon was just being Jack Dixon and pushing around a scrum half mm. and everyone everyone you know and it caused a bit of a fracas and everyone piled in you know Keddy was in the mm. middle of it he um Dixon was there, Joe Davis, and all the all the Newport boys, actually. I think, but it was good. You know, it mm. it just looked like a, t- a team that had some fight in them, which is you know, which is what we've not seen for a for a while. So um, I don't know. I just hope they build on it because again, this time last season, they put in a good few performances towards the end of the season when the season was dead and in the Rainbow Track Cup and all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it would have been good to get a win in that because the atmosphere sounded great. You know, it was a good turnout. I know Gloucester would have brought a lot of people over to that. Um, mm. But uh, you know, I just think what it. I think it's the Gwent Derby, you know. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- you know, I think it would have done. Um, it, it would have done the world a good just to get over the line that, even though obviously there's nothing to play for in Europe. Um, but hopefully, it sets them up well to go into the um, to go into the. Into the derbies now, and I, you know, I don't know. It's just like a win over Cardiff would be massive for the confidence of that side. I think, and um, mm. it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix everything that's wrong there, but it might just give you something to build on before you go into the go into the new season. And I think, like, like I was saying to Steph yeah. on last week's show, um, I think Ryan will get the summer. I think he will. You know, he's made a lot of these recruits. But he's got to get out of the traps super fast next season and win games as well. Not mm. just you know the odd losing bonus point here. He's got to start converting it into um, into wins. You know, even even with a job as tough as it is, coaching the Dragons, he's he's you know he's got to because they they've bought. In a the lot thing players. is, he,
0: he's you know on the whole, he's got rid of the ones he's wanted to get rid of. Looks that way. obviously he can't sign. You know the the. the better players mm. available but he can make good sign and he you know he has made some good sign he's definitely strengthened um in the second row and what have you but um yeah it's 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 hard because again every time every region uh that plays a game is usually up against a site that's got more mm. greater resources yeah. than them so you um it, it you, you expected to get some results uh, is you know it, even if you threw at at the moment, even if you threw loads of a few extra million pound at the um, uh, dragon squad, it would still take a while yeah. from there because where they've been for season after season is sort of um, also runs in the regional setup. But it would still take a long time. So um, it's, it, it, you know you're right. He has got to kind of do well. He got to do better than they've been doing now. But um, to to go into I don't know anywhere close to the top half would be a massive turnaround. I around. think it, I
1: think it's about be it, you know getting some wins at home and not getting and not mm. getting pounded in other games. You know and yeah. steady program. I mean, look, it, it can't get much worse than one win, one yeah. win in the league up until April. So that's where I think it's just you know that bit of confidence going in towards the end of the season. But next season <laughs> is where.
0: But, but realistically, that that just means. Be- Beat Zebra, beat Benetton, beat one of the, maybe one of the weaker South Africans when they come up here in midwinter. And what else? You know, get a get a get a derby yeah. win against one of the regional sides. Because you, you, what are you going to do against the, you? know, what is anyone going to do against the Irish side? No, you know, You lose, you lose all of
1: them. You might beat Connacht. Yeah. Um, you,
0: well, Cardiff beat Leinster at home this year, and it was like as if he would won the yeah, league. Yeah,
1: it was. I mean, I mean, Leinster, people were going, a freak People were going show. ballistic in the crowd. Yeah, Le- Leinster, <laughs> Leinster is an absolute freak show, isn't it? You know, when Leinster thirds mm. turn up, you know that they're going to stick 40 points on you. Um, so, yeah, there's got to yeah. be a degree of realism, but one win all season. is very Because like you say, Zebra, Benetton... Uh, one or two of the regions, a South African a South African side when they're weakened, well, then you're up to five, six wins already. And that starts, starts to feel a lot more positive than one sodding win.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, also, you know, the uh, like I mentioned earlier, the optics of it is mm. quite often, uh, even when they're at full strength of the Dragons, they play a game and, and they run out of ideas in possession or they waft passes into fresh mm. air, you know, because they're not on the same page as each other. That I think more than anything, obviously results probably come if you stop doing that. But that more than anything needs to be wiped out because full-time rugby players play with, play and train with each other yeah. every day, and yet in a game, not necessarily against the best can't, teams, can't against any of the, the teams, they, they they don't. One guy doesn't know what the rest of the, the rest of his mates yeah. are doing, and and I think you know that obviously that happens. That happens in our in our national side as well. But uh, it it, it happens much too often at at the Dragons. And I suppose if they could
1: just weed that out, that'd be a a massive jump forward, I think, leap forward. no, absolutely. And you're right, that's it, it's the optics, because that's what I thought was, that was a good performance last night. And yes, you know, they they ran out of puff and and Gloucester were just too too powerful at the driving line out in the end. But Mm -hmm. um, you're right, visually, there was a lot less of that Keystone Cops style stuff that we've we have seen at, at points mm. and the more that the more that you can put together good performances, you're right. I think it just it gives people a reason to want to go down there. Do you know what I mean? If you go you yeah. know, and, and like Well they've scored
0: some thrilling tries in the last few weeks, even in even when they were getting stuffed. Yeah. Um, down in South Africa, and, and even when they lost last night, there was still some entertaining yeah. rugby to see from your own team if you're if you're a, a home supporter kind of thing. So, and I think um,
1: people, I think I think Dragons fans are realistic. No, you know, no one's expect, no one's expecting them to make the make the playoffs. Um, mm. But being able to string together some performances that give you a reason to cheer, and yeah, and, you know, getting some decent tries and being in games with 15 minutes to go. Is um it makes for a much more uh, it you know gives you a reason to to go, doesn't it? So um yeah so, yeah. yeah um either way a good um it, it was a good, it was a good performance so uh, hopefully there's a bit more of that to build on Um I just want to quickly touch on the national side Murph. anyone that you've seen in in recent weeks that you think could be a a decent shout for uh, for the tour to South Africa obviously has a a few injury concerns you mentioned Moriarty earlier I think that. Prognosis looks a lot better than it than it did this time a week ago. Um, so yeah. he might well be fit for that. Um, it makes you wonder what.
0: Yeah, if Moriarty is him the chance of being fit for the summer tour, what injury was it? They made him squeal in agony on I the know. floor. I, I've, I've never <laughs> like seen if, him look in so that much
1: pain. I thought he'd bust his ACL yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, well, horrendous. the way
0: he was shouting out in yeah. pain. I thought when they showed the replay, we were going to see his his yeah. knee fold the wrong way, either uh, 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 backwards on itself, so hyperextend if mm-hmm. you like, or sideways, just cracking sideways. And all it was was just like, um, like as if he well nothing, there was no there was no out awkward position that his knee went into. So um, makes you wonder what, what what it actually was when he. He was writhing in agony and shouting out. So I couldn't work out how it wouldn't be anything other than a, a
1: snap ligament yeah. in there somewhere. So, um,
0: yeah, strange.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know. Um, I don't know where. What? Uh, yeah, what it was. But yeah, definitely at the time. So I was like, God, you can hear him so it, howling. In agony. Dislocated
0: kneecaps can be painful. Yeah.
1: But it didn't look like that. No, well, no, normally so... you can see that out of place, can't you? Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know. Uh, as far
0: as players, um, that might, I, 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 I don't know if uh, you know. Uh, well, the ones we, we <laughs> the ones have been hanging on about, banging on about all season, like Scott Williams. Yeah. And now he's injured, but you know he's he's the one who's been catching the eye, uh, especially in the problem. You know, one of the problem I, positions. I, th- I think John um, Williams
1: has got to get back in that side for me. I think yeah, I know he's you know he's possibly I don't think he's particularly um you know particularly flash but he runs good hard lines, he straightens things up. This is my frustration with Tompkins, is that he has a tendency to run down blind alleys. And to be fair to Tompkins, he's just, you know, this is not me as any rugby expert. Anyone knows I'm not a rugby expert, but he um I don't know, there's there's just something about about it that I think makes the back line look even more disorganized when um you know we've got we've got very little shape about it and I just think someone like someone yeah. like that just gives you that even if you play Tompkins at 13 outside him I just think it does give mm. you more of a um an opportunity to um to draw a few draw a few defenders in make some yards um and I yeah I think he's, he's not been hugely flash, but I, I I would have him back in that in that lineup for me
0: yeah um the other one <laughs> again uh he disappeared, disappeared again, but mm. Rhys Patchell. I would take him over most of the outside arse in the Welsh squad. And he's just, I don't know, there's been no... I've heard nothing about him being injured. Um, He's just started, I think he's started at least one of the games down in South Africa, maybe both. Played a lot of minutes down there and come back and there's no sign of him. Yeah, so. I
1: hope it's more of a game time no, management no. thing, but... Um.
0: But not even on the bench you know that's what's mm. odd about it so um and you know there's not there's not a lot harrison keddy you know but how, how far up a pegging order would he be because it he, he, he looks like for example ellis jenkins is out of favor yeah. now with wayne pivac um and he is a bigger he is a bigger number six than most of the guys we have got available um but you know, there's nothing, there's nothing sort of scrum off and much of a muchness in the front row. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not, you know, at the moment, Gareth Thomas is the first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, just starting loose dead. I, I, I'm not a huge fan and I, I understand from asking around, he's one of the most improved players in the country mm-hmm. from where he was uh, as a youngster because he was a long way away okay. from being, International standard, so you know, fair play to him, but um, I, I don't think he's better than Wyn Jones. And I,
1: I uh, this, this, a, a few thing boys I, find out. It, I find a bit odd because mm. you know, the guy was uh, you know, starting Test Lion um, less yeah. than a year ago, yeah. Um, mm. and you know, the scrum always, is always going to be an area of concern, <laughs> so I don't know, yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a puzzle. There's
0: a, there's a few boys uh, not even in the squad who, who I would. You know, I've been we've been over this. This is kind of all ground. I I, I prefer Nicky Smith. Yeah, did I? Uh, uh, and possibly even Domachowski, but he, he's had a disrupted season with injury. So um, yeah, maybe you prove me wrong, but I, you know, I wouldn't fancy him against um, Vincent Cock yeah, and uh, bloody Ox oh. and, and some some of their players down there. I, I, and I know we've been over this because of the unheard of. Back three players who've been running rings around our uh, regional players, but the, the the depth they've suddenly come up with in the last couple of seasons in South Africa. Oxencher has gone from I barely heard of him before the Lions tour to possibly the strongest scrummager on well, the planet. He
1: was playing for one of the crap uh, South African sides, wasn't he? The Cheaters, I want to say, um, but sure. I, I can't remember. Yeah. It was one of them, and then and then got the move and has then become a springbok. And like you say, is one of the most destructive scrummages on the planet. Yeah. Uh, You've got, you got to good to your nickname's Ox, though, haven't you? Or well, not even nickname. You know, your yeah. name on team yeah. sheets is Ox. You, know, you, you <laughs> know you're dealing with a man with a certain degree of yeah. strength here. I think it's,
0: yeah, it's partly uh, based on, partly because I think his actual name is uh, unpronounceable outside of uh, his own yeah. neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, I'm trying to think. He played against someone a decent tight head from up here in recent weeks and just had him completely up in the air, you know, off his feet, driven up in the air. I can't remember, it was a, it was a quality tight head he was doing it to as well. But um, Yeah, and um, while we're on the subject, if you remember a few years ago, there was a big controversy in South Africa over They had the a quota of black yeah. players they had to have in every yeah. squad and everyone was blaming the... Form of the South African side at the time, which was terrible mm. on this aspect,
1: that yeah. they were, which was cross cross sport, then the same thing happens in cricket as well.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, uh, the type I, I never really understood the mentality of the people who would wang on about yeah. it. If you're South African and you, and you believed that it was ruining your, your national team, then by all means, but it would be people from this neck, to the, neck of the woods just sticking you know, their oar in. I think they're running about, oh, yeah, they got this quote to see. And so they got a big black players. And that means the good white player can't get in and their team's going shit. And blah, blah, blah. by just as by way of response, with the, I don't know how long a period we're talking. This has been over the course of, I don't know, 10 yeah. or 15 years or whatever. Suddenly, the, if you look around this year, there are, I want to use the technical term of shitloads mm. of black players who are the best handful, mm-hmm. top three, you know, in the top three in their position in the world. Shitloads of them. So, Mbonambi, we yeah. yeah. mentioned him. There's another, there's another there's another black front rower whose name escapes me now. Sia Khaleesi. lacuno Am is possibly the best, best centre on the other planet. Other than Dupont, <laughs> I'd
1: say maybe the best player yeah, on the planet.
0: best player, full stop. Uh, I'm not sure on the um, heritage of Chesling um, Colby, but he's definitely mixed race or some description. Uh, And then, you know, uh, the broader picture, Maruatoje is, you know, um, a a London Nigerian and as good as anyone in his position. And suddenly the game is full of um, great world-class, you know, like I say, top three in their position in the world. Uh, uh, And 20 years ago, I could probably... Thierry Dussetois? Yeah. Maybe maybe one or two others around the french side because they've always had a few black players in their in their squad uh we, we've gone from it being whiter than white mm. this sport to suddenly shed loads of the of the best players are uh black men and um it's in great part due to the policy that um south africa pursued well however i go i don't know how long ago it was but um um I don't think it was the cause of them being crap. I think that was coincidence. Well, it it um, was turned.
1: It was turned around in a matter of you know in a matter of months when Razzi Erasmus, liking or loathing, came in. The guy knows how to yeah. set up a had a set up a, a test match winning inside, doesn't he? A, you know, a World Cup win inside, and and he did that. He turned around the fortunes. Um, and like you say, this is a squad that's built on um, that's built on having world class players and a, a huge number of them are, um, are black men.
0: And, and I've only skimmed, you know, I've skimmed across. If I, if I gave you some thought, uh, which is, you know, very out of character on this podcast, <laughs> you know, there's my, there's my pimpy. There's just shed loads of, you know, and they're, they're literally as good as anyone on the planet. Uh, and that just wasn't that aspect of uh, the sport generally, but South African sports just wasn't there 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So they've transformed it in a way. And, and they, you know, obviously it goes without saying then that uh, if young black men look yeah. at the sport and just see all these amazing players you relate to it it's just yeah. yeah i mean who wants to see uh i don't know pick some pasty guy <laughs> <laughs> running around the pitch if you happen to be from me, um, you know uh, there's no there's no one pasty you know.
1: in the world than me right now i'm four, <laughs> yeah, 14 yeah. shades of grey yeah. <laughs> yeah so you get my I point do. it's a good and- so it, yeah. it's um,
0: I think it's honestly I don't think I think it hasn't been picked up on much maybe it has I, I just haven't noticed but it hasn't been picked up on much on our sport and I honestly think it's just a transformative um, period that's just happened with um, with uh, the number of great black players who suddenly appeared
1: that's really a really uh, really good point and um, yeah a pretty uh, yeah pretty important point to end uh, to end the show on so um yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I did want to touch on a couple of sad bits of news um, to finish the podcast with. Obviously, Tom Smith uh, lost his fight against cancer this week. Which um, you know, and obviously when he was diagnosed, it was a really, a really bad, a really bad diagnosis. And and a few years later, he's he's lost his life. But um, I don't think it's stretching it to say that he's a, a lion's great. Actually, you know, nope, I, a, a, a really understated, a really understated one. But, um, but yeah, I, I think a, a lion's great.
0: He's from a tradition, really, isn't he, of um, relatively small mm. Scottish prop forwards who are just um, powerful as fuck uh, and, and deceptively, you know, strong and quick and everything. Just every, you know, I'm thinking of David Soule mm. and uh, Mouse McLaughlin, yeah, yeah, something I'm nice, thinking yeah. of from the... Yeah, people like that. Uh, you know, he's in a long tradition of Scottish props, and um, I mean, fifty is just ridiculously yeah. young, even in even by old standards. But you know, today's standards, every, everyone's going way past eighty these days. So, um,
1: and uh, yeah, some, no, very something sad. I wasn't aware of as well is he does he does have a, a link to Welsh rugby and started his started his career um, or his career. I think he started playing mini rugby at London Welsh, um, which uh, I did. Oh, I right. didn't realise. Um, until uh, until okay. I saw that I saw that mentioned by the club themselves this week, so there there is a link there and um, a slightly a slightly more well not not rugby related one but obviously we have been known to touch on cycling on uh, on this show and in fact Dan is out cycling the uh, cycling and watching the Amstel uh, the Amstel Gold race in um, as we speak. Um, in where where is that? Holland, Belgium. Holland. Has he taken his bike over? Yeah, has he got yeah, on the train with his, his bike or has he? On?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I can just see him now with his um, hyper expensive bike box. I mean, the cheap ones are four hundred quid. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: uh... Go on a flight with one of them, or or the train, or whatever he's done to get there, and uh, get it out all the gear. Yeah, I'd... and apparently, apparently he struggled all the way right. around so From what from what from what I gathered on to WhatsApp, be fair to him, I
1: don't think he had a bike until two and a half years ago. And he's just, um, yeah, it's just, uh, has really kind of taken to it, but, um, yeah, I, I know you, you may or may not have seen this one Murph, but, um, uh, Richard Moore, who, uh, who started the cycling podcast, which had been running for about 10 years and a brilliant, uh, cycling and sports journalist and, and writer died last week as well. And, um, uh, I had the good fortune to do a bit of work with him as well, and it was again hugely sad and massively sudden, aged uh, aged forty eight. But if you get an opportunity, you know, if you are a sports fan who, who listens to this um, uh, and you, you know you like cycling, then you can check out his body of work, but also some of his other sports books, the dirtiest race in history about the nineteen eighty eight. Hundred metres Olympic final is is genuinely one of the best sports books that I've uh, that I've ever read. So I'd uh, I'd encourage anyone to have a look at uh, uh, the the legacy that uh, that Richard left out there because uh, he's a brilliant brilliant writer. Um, but yeah, sorry, slightly somber notes to uh, to bring the show uh, to an end with. But uh, thank you, Murph, for for nursing me nursing me through this one. <laughs> You're
0: um, um, I, You know, I, I I wouldn't have carried you much further. I'm on my last legs. You myself, were,
1: but so. it was a brilliant cerebral note to uh, to end on. So uh, a big thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to uh, to the listeners, as always. Um, thanks for listening. We always always appreciate that. And. Thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. And uh, I think I'm going to need a good few cups of them tomorrow morning when it's back to work. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to chat rugby with you. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.